0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And And we're we're the the good good guys. guys.
0: There's a lot of guys out there.
1: And we're the good ones. Josh, we're both incredibly cranky today. Early mornings. Why Why don't we talk about your morning first and then we can go into mine.
0: Well, it's an early morning for you, but it's not an early morning for me. This is my life. This is having two kids. I'm up at six as a uh, you know as a standard
1: up at six as a standard that is incredibly early. <laughs> I was up at four this morning. It was not the standard. I spent last week in Birmingham, which by the way, have you been to Birmingham? I haven't unbelievable what a great city I everybody just that. have you think that like alabama is just like this big shithole when in reality i'm sure a lot of it is a shithole but birmingham in particular is a fantastic place fantastic restaurants great people really nice i loved it the only problem is that they only have six a.m direct flights out of birmingham to new york so i was up incredibly early
0: but... well i don't want to tell uh, you know i don't want to speak out of school here but did you say that yesterday you couldn't record the pod because i wanted to record it like 9 a.m and you were like i can't claudia will be asleep and i was like is that not 11 your time
1: no mountain time
0: 10 I a.m i was no i was or, or
1: central time, I, and i was central
0: you were sent okay so 10.
1: and she had a show that night so you know just she I has a routine we it. were in we were in a hotel room the woman it works is what hard. it is. The woman I, works hard.
0: I do – you know, you do sometimes strike me, and I find this with a lot of my my childless friends, that they're all busier than I am with two kids, <laughs> a full-time job, and a full social media career. And I'm like, how? How can this be? I'm
1: like, <laughs> I, I think I, – I can't speak for your other friends, but I can tell you that uh, running Spirit Society is a – Nine-person job, so it's it's tough. And for the listeners, you guys are getting a really deep view into our first fight.
0: <laughs> I don't oh, think it's a fight.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's it's good. It's it's a lot of work, but honestly, the one hour a week that brings me the most joy is being able to kibitz with you about all the stuff going on. Same here. In my life, in my life.
0: The one hour a week that I see my chiropractor is first, but second
1: (laughs) is (laughs) you, Ben. I need a chiropractor. I once went to a chiropractor and a family friend had recommended him, went in, got a very subpar treatment, tried to pay. He said, no, 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 just tag me on Instagram. And I'm like, I don't wanna tag you on Instagram. It was a wasn't wasn't like a great chiropractic session. I it, I don't know if this is the way that your chiropractor operates, but he just basically gave me a big hug, and like sat on me, and I didn't feel that much better. And then he said tag me, and it's like I don't want to tag you. I don't want to give you a recommendation. Let me just pay you money. And I don't know if you ever get that, but people think that tags are just nothing, which like they could be nothing, unless you don't don't want to personally endorse something, you know?
0: I don't, you know, I always have an issue where I'm calling someone Dr. Rick. It's like the, the whole first name doctor <laughs> thing with chiropractors is rough, but um, how do I say this? It's fake pseudoscience. No, um, it's, <laughs> I believe in chiropractic. I think some of these guys are really smart and like understand body and body mechanics But I think they're closer to an incredibly well-trained masseuse physical therapist than they are a doctor.
1: Mm. I would agree with you. But that's
0: that's valuable. Like if you have someone – and I think there's also just like that placebo effect of just going in and getting adjusted. But, you know, I also think – I know people who will be like, oh, I'll just go see the chiropractor, and then they spend you know, three and a half minutes getting cracked, and they're like, cool, 75 bucks, and I'm like, mm. meh.
1: Yeah, no, that's no good. I also, I, I feel like there was a period like a month ago where I'd watch a TikTok, like every three TikToks would be somebody else getting paralyzed by their chiropractor. I don't know if you saw this stuff, but that's certainly a thing. There are some rogue chiropractors that are putting their sock around your neck, yanking it up. And all of a sudden, you're just you're done. So,
0: yeah, it's terrifying. There's this guy, Dr. Jason, and I did a YouTube video with him. He's done the Paul brothers, really top list celebrities in this town, me and the Pauls. And, um, <laughs> you know, he runs a good outfit and I felt comfortable, but I've certainly had chiropractors reach out to me where I'm like, in exchange for middling views, I might fuck around and paralyze myself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, thank
1: you. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. you. They also also... Oh, go, go, go.
0: You know what I was thinking about this whole, like, Jews controlling the weather thing and that conspiracy theory that's been (laughs) out there? If we controlled the weather, Florida would have much less humidity. No.
1: The world would have much less humidity. There would be zero humidity.
0: The world would have central air. This is a hole in the argument. This is why conspiracy theories are nuts. Because if you know any Jew, top priority of kvetching... The thing that we're most annoyed by is the temperature of wherever we are at any time.
1: I love this as first story of the day. I wanted to ask you if you watched SNL this weekend, did you?
0: I watched Chappelle's opening monologue. I did.
1: I first want to just, for those of you that didn't watch it, Dave Chappelle went on SNL, did a pretty great episode overall where if you like uh, the Chappelle show, he really just took away the SNL that we've spoken about on this podcast we think is just turned into hot garbage and turned it into The Chappelle Show, and it was rather entertaining. Um, But if you did watch it, you also saw that Dave Chappelle gave a uh, rather interesting opening monologue, and I wanted to talk about it, as uh, I love Dave Chappelle so much. Like, anything he says, I can make excuses for. It was a really, really shitty monologue, in my opinion, and... Very unnecessary where he – I don't remember the exact line. I want to bring it up. It was – if if it's – what was it? If it's blacks, it's blank. If it's Italians, they're gangsters. And if it's Jews, it's a coincidence.
0: If it's that, do, If it's black people, it's a gang. If it's Italians, it's the mob or the mafia. And if it's Jews, yeah. it's a coincidence and you're never to talk about it.
1: Yeah, it was just like very – again, exactly as you just said – if we really were controlling all of this, things would just look so different. It was—it it, was—it was, it was certainly troubling. I don't know if you felt the same, but I—I I certainly didn't enjoy it. And it's hard for me to say that because Dave Chappelle really could say anything, and normally I—I I don't have an issue with it. But this just felt—it felt like he came on SNL just to do that. And I don't know. I didn't think it was right
0: so uh, you know the basically the first seven minutes of his monologue is devoted to the Kanye and Kyrie of it all in a smaller way what happened with Kyrie and so my initial feelings were that because I'm ultra sensitive to these things because as I've gotten older uh, I just find like anti-semitism is sort of like slightly there in so many more places and I realize being a Jew growing up in New York and LA where it just seemed like commonplace to be like a welcomed and loved Jew um, So, you know, he spent the first half of his monologue talking about this, and I took a step back. I also sent it to my big brother, who's much more observant than I am, who immediately said, this is great, not anti-Semitic at all. And I was interested when he said that. You know, the reality is, is that in the past Chappelle has come under fire for attacking so many other I I shouldn't even say attack, making fun of so many other groups, right? Minorities, other people from different communities, right? He's sort of an equal opportunity offender. And I've constantly said, people are too sensitive, hear him out. Every great comedian's a bit of a preacher and every great preacher is a bit of a comedian, right? Like he's making a social sort of commentary. And so with that in mind, I, I really analyzed what he said. And apart from like half of a thing he said, which I didn't love, I said, I can't laugh at everyone else and say, let the man talk and, and then get upset when he comes after me a little bit.
1: I agree. And that's the way that I tried to feel because he does make fun of everyone. I guess it normally feels like more of a joke when this, to me, didn't... It didn't feel like a joke. It felt, at least in the Kyrie of it all, like he was saying, gotcha! Like, the whole Kanye got in so much trouble that Kyrie then got in trouble. Kyrie got in trouble because Kyrie is promoting a movie that says that Eastern European Jews are the devil and termites and that black people are the real Jews. So Kyrie didn't get in trouble because Kanye got in trouble. Kyrie got in trouble because Kyrie, whether or not he's an idiot, which was the main point of Chappelle. He was saying, he's a flat earther. Why are you even listening to this guy? We're listening to this guy because he has immense reach, immense power, immense money, and is spreading anti-Semitic tropes, I I, I think. I, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to love it. As I said, I still watched the rest of the episode. I didn't shut off the TV and say, like, fuck this guy. I hate him. No, I love Dave Chappelle. I think he's hilarious. I do, though, think he's incredibly smart. And knowing how smart he is, it must make me think that he does in some way think that Jews do control the media and that's troubling
0: yeah I don't I I don't know and I really want to be the one I think if there's one thing Jews are great at it's comedy and I want to have a sense of humor about these things and be able to kind of I you know if if I want to expect people to understand sort of the plight of people like us or or of our community then I want to be the first I want to double down on the understanding and I'm sure That Dave Chappelle felt some responsibility as like these powerful sort of black men have been in the media and going through this, you know, level of attention and what's been going on to sort of temper, you know, what's been understood and seen and and in that way is sort of doing his best to just sort of cool, cool the temperature for everything that's been going on because it's felt extreme. So I understand that in a lot of ways. And look, I think that you and I, Ben, we could sit down with Chappelle. He could come to Shabbat and we could be like, Dave, listen, first of all, you know, Ben's father made the spread. Can you believe this? Kosher caterer <laughs> for the last third. You should see his Yelp reviews. It's un- and he hates technology. He won't even do an Instagram page. He's so successful. But I think we could actually explain it, and I would bet he would hear it. But listen, the reality is, and it's with all these people, Like, and I've met Dave in person, and he's been lovely, and like these people that we look up to that are are great sages, these icon legends, they're flawed. They don't do everything perfect. If you spent more than 24 hours with them, I bet there'd be a moment where you'd be like, really, you? So... And he smokes too much. But otherwise, I don't know. Chappelle's still for me. I'm I'm trying to keep him in that place of you go after everyone and you have an insight into the world and people that hopefully is of value forever. Cause I think I hope that he he consistently is a force for good while also walking that really tight rope.
1: Yeah. Overall I'm not gonna stop listening to him. I'm not gonna stop watching his specials. He's special. I love him. I think he's incredibly smart. Uh, I think that the way that I he love does comedy too. is is genius. Um, and I often find that there's a lot of truth in what he says that I agree with. So that's the part here that was troubling to me. But I I agree with you. I think that I don't think that he's anti-Semitic. I think that he he might not realize quite the gravity of what he's saying. But that's also discounting how smart he is. He's a really smart guy. I don't know how to make excuses for him. I just am not uh, interested in boycotting him because I like him too much. And I just think... It just just is what it is. I think he's too funny. I think that everything else that he does is too real. And he speaks for, if nothing else, uh, freedom of speech in a time where you really can't speak freely about anything. He's been that uncancelable guy that just stood against, uh, I don't know, people coming after him and saying, you can't talk about that. He's like, comedy is protected. So if comedy is protected, then comedy is protected. I think so. And you have to contextualize
0: these things, right? Because as you just beautifully did, you took in his entire career, his entire sort of breadth of of knowledge and, and of performance and said, all these things considered, I'm gonna give you as much of a pass as I'm capable of. And we've seen that with people like Bill Maher and Ricky Gervais and other really some, you know, Michelle Wolf, these really smart provocateurs who aren't afraid to say it the way it fucking is. And then you, but then you also see these people who do inevitably get canceled and for the most part, you feel as though they had it coming. Like even if you think of, like when you think of what happened with Logan Paul, right, and What he did was unacceptable when he got in trouble in Japan. Right. But but it was long in coming because he had this energy of being untouchable and this energy of like this guy who just was not willing to abide by the social contract. Similarly, like Kanye. Right. So all those things combined, you said you're done. This is an offense where you got to go back and, you know, really think about what happened because you're not allowed to play the game anymore and people like Logan have been able to be super successful, he's been, always been very nice to me, I'm a fan, um, and sort of recover from that. But to me, it's like it's everything you've done in your life decides, like your life becomes your defense. And when you fuck up, because someone will, you always will, maybe not you and me, Ben, we're pretty great. But <laughs> it's like everything you've done becomes like your defense lawyer to argue your case and they'll go back and be like, do you deserve to be canceled? Or do we give you the pass on this?
1: Yeah. What am I going to do when
0: I call you and I'm canceled? Is that bad? How quickly do you say, Josh, this
1: podcast has gone in a different direction. Thanks for your service. The good news about this podcast is I would do it if we did or did not have advertisers. I just like talking to you. So if you get canceled, maybe we'll do it less frequently. We'll make it monthly, 15 minutes. As make
0: it a to. Patreon for like the real yeah, people yeah. who who accept my despicable
1: ass. Exactly. So when you get canceled, we'll still make content, but I I have a strong feeling that you won't get canceled. You just feel very very safe. I don't know. I think I think you're I think you're fine. You I know, think you're fine. We are we are the we are the good guys. We're not the bad guys. Can I tell you uh,
0: I think this is an appropriate story so I was at this beautiful event on Saturday night and I'm there and and, and I was in Denver, Colorado, beautiful kind of beautiful adjacent.
1: And <laughs> I know you're a Denver guy. And I'm at, am I am I a Denver guy? You've you brought it I, up before. I've brought up, I don't think I've brought up Denver. I've said Colorado's nice. Like it's a beautiful <laughs> it's a beautiful mountain like uh, landscape. I like that, but De- Denver, I'm, I don't like Denver.
0: <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm at this event, beautiful charity event there, supporting, lovely. At the after party, I'm alone. I'm gonna go up to my hotel just saying my goodbyes. This sauced up couldn't have been more than a sophomore in college comes up to me and is like, Josh, what are you what are you up to tonight? Like, where are you going? Like and I was like, Away from me, devil. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> This is what happens. This is what happens. I said, Oh, you know what? I gotta I gotta go home and FaceTime my, my four year old son and my mm-hmm. wife. And I'm going to go up to my room now. Thank you. Have a nice night. (laughs) But like, this is how people get in trouble. Because they go, this soft up, this sauced up sophomore seems fine. I'm sure we can go have a nice time on the town. It's all trouble. I'm so glad I'm married. And I'm so glad that that's not even remotely an option.
1: And answering DMs. Oh my God. DMs are trouble. DMs are trouble. Especially if you have a weak moment and you respond to somebody's mean comment because all they're gonna do, screenshot that and use it to kill you. That's it, that's it. I only, I reply back hearts or store locator. Somebody will say, where can I find Sprint Society? I will certainly send them a store locator. Hearts or store locators. Other than that, I learned my lesson a long time ago. I used to respond to everyone. Somebody would like call me like a, I don't know the the K word for Jews and then like fat bastard like whatever and I just write back to them like what's wrong with you like were you where were you raised who are your parents like I would just go into it and like make them feel like shit or I would like screenshot them and like put them on Instagram and you just realize like for what for what
0: I um once responded to a kid or a guy who talked talked shit to me on Twitter and I said something to the effect of like. Really funny joke, almost as funny as me hooking up with your sister or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) And he literally was like, My sister's 14. And I was like, Cool, I'll never do this again.
1: (laughs) That's literally what it is. That's it. It's so, these people are so fucking sick. I hate them. I hate them. Uh, Switching gears, uh, did you go to Dobrick's Pizza? Did you see this launch? I know that you guys... I don't know if you're still friends. I know that you guys were friendly. um, But I was just blown away by at least what I saw on Instagram. It looked like an unbelievable launch of, if if people don't know, David Dobrik launched, I believe, a pizza store. uh, And I just saw thousands of people, it looked like, lined up to go in. First of all, the name Dobrik's genius name. So good. Genius. And... I don't know, like I just saw again, he's a marketing genius. The way that he uses these tokens. You have a dance party in the place, whatever. Looked amazing. Did you see it? Did you go?
0: I didn't go to the restaurant, but I went to the launch party last night and it was wonderful. First of all, you know, mom and dad out on the town for the first time since the new baby was here. But it you know, I I just I want David to, to crush it. Like and I think he will. I mean, listen, as you well know, the margins on food and beverage you know, you got to expand big, baby. This is not a one-store thing. You got to go, you know, everywhere and 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 be all over the country. But I agree. He's a marketing genius. I think he – I'm excited to see, see this second act for him. And I think there was over a 1,000 people in line for the launch.
1: Wow. Wow. And, that is And amazing. the pizza
0: looked incredible. And my – neurotic Hollywood ass didn't have any last night it was at the party beautiful hot out of the oven because it was past my intermittent fasting window
1: Mm. wow that's tough
0: Ben you ever turning down pizza at 10 o'clock at night because your intermittent fasting window tell me
1: not when I'm at the launch party of a pizza place (laughs) like I, I I might like on a normal Sunday evening but the reason you went was to support your friend's pizza place, and he didn't even try his pizza?
0: He even was like, don't try it here. He's like, because we had to uh, cook, you know. He was like, it's going to be great, but, like, it's not fresh, fresh out of the oven. And I was like, all right, fair enough.
1: But pizza. he's but he's very, very proud of his pizza. The pizza it, itself has looked delicious.
0: I'm not bullshitting, and I would say, I know pizza. I'm a, I'm a thick boy. You know, we're thick boys, Ben. Mm. It looked incredible. Wow. Yeah, wow. and people were bugging out for it. And to your point, he's a marketing genius. And I think this is like something like even, you know, even ha- if if all the you know, everything that had sort of transpired over the last few years with David and in the vlog squad hadn't happened like he had reached the heights of YouTube. Right. Like You can only double down, I I suppose. But, like, he had done everything I think he was ever going to do on YouTube. If anything, he was just going to make, you know, more copies of the thing that he had already created. So I'm excited for him that there's, like, this new thing to see if he can work in a whole new world like this.
1: I'm also happy that he went into something physical and something that he owns because Mm -hmm. he can't cancel those things. Like, I was a. Claudia and I used to watch those episodes all the time. I found him super entertaining. And I think that uh, everything that happened was, uh, whether justified or not, it just goes to show you that you need to find a way as somebody that really puts their life out there like that. You need to find revenue streams that are not so tied to advertisers because in the blink of an eye, your entire career can be gone. So I love the idea of, especially with such a great name and a great idea, in a place that i just don't feel like has great pizza does los angeles have great pizza i i just i don't know i just think i feel like it was missing so i'm rooting for him and i'm excited to try that pizza
0: yeah well we're getting there although it's fascinating because i was listening to ari shafir which have you watched ari shafir's new special jew no oh my god you must it's on youtube it's 90 Minutes. Shout out Ari Shafir. He absolutely crushes it. He's former Orthodox. Oh my God, this is the most Jewish episode ever of Good Guys, and I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> By the way, is it the most – I feel like we say every, every week that it's the most Jewish episode. All that we talk about is Jewish comics, anti-Semitism, and our stance on the world of Jewry. Should we, uh, should we
0: start every episode with Shema Yisrael?
1: <laughs> we should. Or Baruch and I. We should. All of it. All of it. Honestly, we should congregate. You know how they have hill song, like they made like a trendy church. We should make a trendy synagogue. Maybe mm. we do a good guys episode in the beginning, then we all pray together. We have a nice schmear We get dobricks to come and make the pizza. I think it sounds like a great time.
0: I think that was Kabbalah, though, right? Like, that was like the Madonna, Ashton Kutcher, the red bracelet thing. You know, the the trouble with all of this is is that Judaism is just as guilty as being fucking ridiculous when the religious part comes in. It is Mm -hmm. as insane as Catholicism as is the rest of it. Like, it's just culturally, I I couldn't be more about it. The religious part, I'm like, what are we doing here?
1: On on my side, I I wish we still had sacrifices. Imagine we're here, me, you, we get a couple of friends, and we literally light a goat on fire and look up at the sky and wait for something great to happen. I think that would be No, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine lighting a goat on fire? Wow. I mean, so you were talking about Ari Sharif. Ari Sharif, his new special. <laughs> Shabir. Ari Shabir's Shabir. new special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I think that brings us to our first, you know, story of the day, which is is really aligned with what we're talking about. Armed robber busted mid-dump after fleeing crime. <laughs> The alleged thief was arrested sitting on the toilet after (laughs) deciding to take a pit stop mid-escape. An armed robber was busted while sitting on the toilet after deciding mid-escape to take a pit stop at a local shopping center. The man allegedly held up a bus in Mexico, stole eight cell phones using a fake gun before he was arrested. I mean, kind of
1: legendary. It was me. I was the thief. You I had it? too much. I had too much fettuccine alfredo before I held up the bus, and I just—I had no choice. I had no choice. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this
0: because Claudia is probably going to cover that story on the toast.
1: <laughs> it's very up there, Ali. Um, so Did you hear what happened yeah. on below
0: deck, and this guy
1: took a yeah. shit in the middle of his crime spree. <laughs> you just think that if you are a robber you'd probably wear a diaper like all right so you have a little duty on your leg like if, i'm just saying just in case that thought literally would never have run through my mind what if you need to take a shit during the crime after the crime before the crime wear a diaper depends market it at criminals no one talks about criminals
0: with IBS and i think it's our turn to shed a light on this underserved area.
1: I agree. The voices in the criminal landscape with IBS are far too silent. And I think that we need to amplify the voices of those said criminals with intestinal issues.
0: CC criminals with Crohn's <laughs> <was> with Crohn's
1: <laughs> a 501
0: C3. <501c3. laughs> um, you know, I think what else is interesting is that Elon Musk says, Twitter spends $13 million every year on food service at its headquarters. Now, first, I think we, it's worth talking about that level of food service at a headquarters, but I think it's also worth talking about how, what is your feelings on Twitter since Elon took it over? Cause I think it's quickly gotten shittier thoughts.
1: I think that it's gotten shittier. But I think that we're also hyper aware of if it's getting better or worse. Like functionally, I haven't really, I don't know, I haven't noticed a huge difference. I'm also not a huge Twitter guy because I don't have a big audience there as we've discussed. I thought Twitter Blue was a really horrendous idea uh, just to give anybody verification that wants to pay for it. I did think that it was a good idea just to charge the people that are verified already. Right? Like, what was wrong with that? You're verified. If somebody, if Instagram said to me, Ben, I'm going to start charging you $100 a month for your verification, I wouldn't even think about it. I wonder what, what's the maximum amount of money that you would pay monthly for your Instagram verification?
0: Well, I think it's a sliding scale, right? If I'm American Airlines, I'm going to pay millions. No, if
1: you're, I'm saying if you're, if you're you. Josh Peck? Josh Peck.
0: I wouldn't pay a lot because it's a useless platform for me. I have no engagement. I don't get brand deals on it. It's the last thing I think about.
1: But on Instagram.
0: Oh, on Instagram. Sorry, I thought you meant Twitter. On Instagram to be verified. Yeah, I I would, I mean, I, I would have to pay thousands depending on, you know, because I would just judge it against the money I was making from brand deals.
1: So that's what I'm saying, because there are people who have significant income coming from Twitter and those people would pay a lot of money to keep their verification. It's the only thing that's maybe keeping their political journey going or giving them any kind of credibility in the news sector. So I think that the idea of charging for verification was a good one. I don't understand the idea of wanting anybody to be able to pay for it because then why is anybody verified? So for somebody so smart, that was an incredibly dumb idea. and. I just didn't expect him to be so involved in the day to day. I think that's a big issue. Like, sure, you can do, fi- you can fire, you can put out a plan, but it seems like he, he is very intimately involved in the day to day of Twitter, which is just strange. Like, because he, he's never run a social platform before. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know.
0: I've never seen someone with so much brand equity lose it this quick,
1: right? It's really—I couldn't agree more. And again, I kind of feel like uh, the similarly about Chappelle as I do about Elon. I love Elon Musk. Really, Elon Musk could do no wrong in my eyes. I think he's genius. I think everything that he uh, really creates, I use, I love. And I was excited when he bought Twitter because I hated Twitter and I was fine with its downfall. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is just a $44 billion prank where he does Twitter blue, hates the platform so much, makes us all think that he's an idiot, but really he's just trying to tank it because he hates it. He has so much funny money, it literally wouldn't make a difference to him. He still has, what, $250 billion?
0: But And by the way, he only paid a billion or two of his own money. Like a lot of this is imbe- like Larry Ellison yeah. cutting him a check for a billion bucks. I mean, yeah. like, fine, do it. Um, so he's just going to lose shareholders' money. But I think in the companies that invested to, to help you yeah. buy it and turn it private. But yeah, I think the thing with Elon is just, he's he was this scrappy guy who had to make PayPal work. And then he had to make SpaceX work and he had to make Tesla work and he did it, right? And now he's the richest guy in the world. And it's like these people on Shark Tank who come on, And they're trying to sell their product and they go, how much money did you make this year? And they're like, 500 grand. And Mark Cuban goes, how much salary did you draw? And they go, 125 grand just to be comfortable. And he goes, I'm out. He's like, you're too comfortable. Like 125 grand could have gone back into your business. You should have taken 40 grand just to survive. And
1: I think he's too comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he's definitely – wouldn't you be comfortable? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's about as comfy. It's, it's nauseatingly comfy. Like, it's too comfy. I couldn't agree more. Too comfy. You can do no wrong. You're too powerful. There's no situation you can't fix. There, it's just – I can't even imagine trying to operate with that amount of money. But Somebody is, should really give me that amount of money so I can try. I think. I, I, I think I'd figure it out.
0: They say money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you a boat that it lets you sail
1: right next to it. Money can buy you happiness. It it has to. I I just I just don't believe that. I but don't then why is not Elon happier? He does not seem stoked. I think that he is currently power hungry and greedy. But I think otherwise he would be he would be pumped. Uh, I
0: I have a friend who recently told me that she went on a date with him in 2015 and said mm. it was, uh, the, the, let's just say the, the level of yentaing, the level of back and forth that we have, they did not have. She said the conversation wasn't the best. And then he needed to borrow 10 bucks for the valet, which I found incredible.
1: He doesn't seem like a guy, like you don't go to dinner with Elon Musk expecting great conversation. He doesn't look like a conversationalist. But wouldn't you think that you could just go and say, Elon, go. Like, I'll just be your audience. Now
0: geek out on whatever crazy next-gen thing you're thinking about. If he wants
1: to. But, like, don't you think he does that every day? Like, I'm sure that he, like, just wanted to go on that date to, like, eat a good plate of pasta and maybe have, like, a, I don't know. And get laid. And (laughs) and have have a good smooch. But... Canoodle? I don't. I don't know if he wanted to like unwrap his plans for conquering Mars during that during that date. Like was I, I that, don't know.
0: Was that a play on words? Because he was having a bowl of pasta and hooking up. Canoodle. I
1: like wow. Lot wow. to think about. No, no. You know, it's just one of my one of my strange terms. As I refuse to use the word sex. Maybe we, maybe we create a sex
0: club with with
1: eating
0: <laughs> <laughs> noodle. Now there's there's a Shark Tank idea.
1: Oh, I love it. Everybody comes in. It's like one of those pasta bars. You go up. You pick your noodle. You pick your sauce. You get disgustingly full, and then everybody has anal. That's just the, the <laughs> idea. <laughs> the idea for oh no (laughs) anal post fettuccine i love that i went from not using the word sex and just saying canoodle to hard (laughs) anal post pasta you know my buddy max
0: shapiro shout out max shapiro always he's a, a brilliant food mind And he talks about how, you know, people will ask him, like, oh, what's the best meal to have before you're going to possibly hook up with someone? You know, is it something light? Is it sushi? Is it, you know, whatever, a bowl of ramen? And he's like, the best meal to have before you hook up with someone is a meal after hooking up with someone. He's like, be a professional and hook up first. And then you can have a nice, you know, you can eat an entire pizza
1: and be farty and enjoy a movie and not worry about it. It's hard, though, because you need to set the stage. You need to set the scene. Mm. Go out to a nice dinner, get a beautiful bottle of vino, have a nice rack of lamb. Oh, God. Maybe an aphrodisiac of an oyster if you're a crazy guy like that. Then all of a sudden you go back, you start canoodling, and then you have food poisoning. I don't see how you could do that in reverse. You can't just say, hey, I promise you after we have sex, I'm going to buy you a rack of lamb. Gorgeous shuck of oysters. Just the order makes it so that you have to eat first. You have to eat first. Unless you're intermittent fasting. In your case, you find a woman who also intermittent fasts Mm. and ask if she can only meet after her scheduled window. It's also much cheaper that way, right? She eats between 12 and 8. You only see her at 11 a.m., 9 p.m. I love that
0: idea, and I don't think that that's wrong in any way. I think that might um, actually be the perfect match.
1: I think it could be the perfect match. Speaking of the not perfect match, saw this Tom Brady and Giselle stuff. Giselle found a new man already. Tom Brady's winning football games. Do you see this? No. If not, I'll quickly tell you about it. Tom Brady has zero regrets about his return to the NFL. And Giselle, on the other hand, has found a new man, a jiu instructor. Wow. Now, uh, Brady's won back-to-back games. Giselle can pretend that she's happy. I'm just going to come out and say it. A ju-jitsu, jujitsu instructor versus Tom Brady. I know that you're a man of karate, so I want your opinion. <laughs> I want your I'm okay. Opinion. I'm a man of karate. You're a karate man. You're a karate man. Were, were you? What belt did you ever get up to?
0: Yellow advance, okay? I don't mean to brag.
1: That's pretty great. I was like – I would just see the Tiger Shulman's commercials on TV and I'd beg my mom to take me. And she just would say, nope, you're going to your gymnastics class, Ben. And that's why I am who I am and you are who you are.
0: Wow, you're a gymnastics kid. I'm seeing you now on the pole vault, graceful, beautiful. I'm imagining you in some baggy gym shorts and an
1: oversized shirt. I was a prodigy. Uh, sixth grade, no. I was certainly not a prodigy. I was very, very overweight and had a lot of trouble with the horse. I didn't have any upper body strength. I couldn't work my way around that horse. I couldn't jump off the. I couldn't. I just couldn't get my timing right. The balance beam, though, I had a great balance. I had a great balance. Which but is yeah, fascinating a,
0: because the balance beam is not a male event, it's a female only event.
1: Really? Uh huh. I, I guess back then. We didn't see gender for me from a young age i didn't see gender but yeah giselle chose a jiu-jitsu instructor thoughts she is brazilian
0: and that is where it originated so i get that that's like if you and i married rabbis right like uh, female rabbis <laughs> people would be like that tracks they're, they're so damn jewish <laughs> it had to happen it's like if you and i married no. alana glazer And Sarah Silverman. No one would be like, didn't see that coming. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, look, I think relationships are over. There's a great Steve Martin quote where he goes, the hard thing about showbiz is your your career is over a year before you decide to quit. Mm. And I would say probably the same thing about relationships. So I would imagine that by the time they were ready to kind of publicly say we're done, they had probably been done for longer than that. And she, you know, it's interesting, sometimes you got to get under someone to get over someone. Have you heard that phrase?
1: I have heard that phrase. Yeah, I have. It's (sighs) I haven't experienced that phrase, but I've heard that phrase. I've heard that phrase.
0: It's Yeah, I think it's a hard thing, too, because you have to I think, for people of that status level, they gravitate towards people who are completely humble civil servants and by that i mean jujitsu instructors or they marry a billionaire like there's no in between there's no dentist
1: should we do this or that with jujitsu instructor versus tom brady
0: yes do you want me to take jujitsu instructor
1: yes why is the jujitsu instructor better for giselle one minute
0: one minute on the clock listen, the reality is Giselle Bundchen, she don't need no man, okay? Arguably, she had more money than Tom Brady. She is a powerhouse of a woman. And as we know, this is a man's world and it's unfortunate and hopefully not for much longer. Women, strong women from Barbara Streisand and Giselle Bundchen, they've had to overcome obstacles that we'll never understand. And they need someone in their corner, someone supporting, someone say, babe, come over here, throw your size 11 feet on my, my leg. You know, she's got big feet. There's no way she's got small feet. (laughs) And let me, (laughs) let me rub the tension away from those paddleboard feet of yours. And let me, let me take a backseat to your greatness. I am here. I am your, your, your supporter. I want to go pick up your dry cleaning and I want to serve you in any way that I can. That's my time. Thank you. God bless Brazil.
1: And are you timing me or should I time myself? I'm timing you go. Okay, and go. You marry Tom Brady, you have to understand that he's the GOAT. He's a football player, beloved by all. Giselle, incredibly, incredibly strong woman, as you mentioned, wealthy, successful, beautiful. Clearly seems like a very loving woman. Why pick Tom Brady? Tom Brady is a very, very powerful guy that is not going to be the jujitsu instructor that maybe she should have been with all along. She picked somebody that was powerful, somebody in their own right that had their own career, their own dreams, and all of, more than America, the entire world rooting for Tom to keep winning because he's a winner into his old age, right? So I think that I, I'm really just advocating during this minute for her going with the Jiu-Jitsu instructor uh, because her and Tom never made sense. Listen,
0: as we... Oh, that was your time. That's your time. Um, okay, now two minutes of crosstalk. You know, the reality is, is that, first of all, jiu is cool because Jew is in the name, so you know that it's strong.
1: Oh, yeah. It's strong.
0: And I would, I would venture to say, look... I always say when people are like, I want, I don't want to be in the limelight. I said, well, then don't marry someone who's equally as famous. Like there is nothing like literally the equivalent to paparazzi crystal meth is when two famous people get together. I had a friend who worked in the paparazzi. I said, what would garner you the most money? And he said, if I could get a picture of Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, just talking, it would probably be a $250,000 photo. Is that crazy i mean yes. people, people they go nuts because it's literally the popular kids in life more it's it's bigger than high school it's the prom king and queen of life so i think in this way again tom great guy but i mean it's so annoying he doesn't eat mushrooms he's never had a strawberry the guy doesn't eat nightshades you know he's going to bed at 8 8 p.m oh 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 turning in early tom big surprise You know, a lot of fun you are. I got the Scrabble board out and I'm popping popcorn. You've been asleep for two hours. It sucks. It sucks, Tom.
1: (laughs) But to that point, she knew that she was marrying a boring mushroom man. What can you expect? It is what it is. He's dedicated to the game. You can't fight that. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. And I'm sure she hates football. I'm sure she hates both. I'm sure she hates the player, and I'm sure she hates the game. I'm happy they're no longer together. I think that her and this jiu instructor will have a wonderful life together, and Tom Brady should meet somebody that loves football. The irony is that he's going to retire in, like, a year, and then he'll be away from football. But you know, his mind will never be fully away from football. He'll probably coach, or he'll own teams, or I just, I don't know. He needs, he needs somebody that loves football. As Thirty seconds closing statement. And go. In, cl- in closing, uh, I ended up advocating for the fact that she should be with this jujitsu instructor instead of advocating for Tom Brady. So really, I handed you this. Uh, I handed you this debate, even though you really didn't need my help winning this debate. I think that your statements were quite profound, and they were so profound that I ended up just agreeing with you.
0: Thank you. I, you know, listen, Tom Brady, people like this, I get it. You know, we all want to sleep with a supermodel. We all want to be able to tell people that, yes, her and I, we had an incredible night, you know, but the reality is that pharmacy tech at your local Walgreens or Dwayne Reed is probably a better fit for you. And they can probably steal Percocet, which is just a fun
1: Friday night. Thank you. God bless. God bless, God um, bless. Should we... we should really keep track of who's winning. I think that you're winning.
0: All right. Are you winning? I don't know. I think we need to involve the audience more. And by the way, at this beautiful event that I was at the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, shout out, unbelievably beautiful event that I was at on Saturday night. Two, no less than two people came up and said, what are you nuts? What are you nuts? Dude, we're, we're in Denver.
1: I had a ton of people in Alabama come up to me and say I love good guys. We're all over Birmingham big time. Oh my god. god yeah, it's I really wanna... it's really it's really exciting. I it's want to really tour.
0: Exciting. I want to make merch. Yeah,
1: yeah we're going to do all of that. We're going to do all of that. We're going to tour, we're going to make merch. I want to get so big do all that, of
0: that we negotiate down our split with Dear Media. I just wa-
1: <laughs> 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 We're going to get we're going to get in the word in the I'm not not in the words, in the way that Donnie says it. We're going to get huge. <laughs> we're going to get huge.
0: In closing, do you have a What Are You Nuts moment for the week? Because I don't think we said it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there too. I guess. They're both they, – all my What Are You Nuts is always revolve around travel. Aviation in this country is broken. Yes. This morning, the fact that there's only one direct flight from Birmingham to New York at 6 o'clock in the morning. What are you nuts? And the second is it's 6 o'clock in the morning flight and you never shut the lights. What are you, nuts? What's wrong with these people? Obviously, I'm trying to go onto the plane just to go to sleep. You're coming up, ringing a bell, giving me scorching hot coffee, turning on lights. I'm not ready to be awake. Nobody's ready to be awake yet. Let us all sleep. Keep your coffee up at the front. Let the pilot be all jacked up on coffee so he doesn't fall asleep. But you don't need to do service on an hour and 45-minute flight at 6 o'clock in the morning.
0: I couldn't agree more. And my What Are You Nuts moment is, and I've broached this before, when I was at this thing on Saturday night, this beautiful foundation, I walked the red carpet, I got interviewed for the local news, because, you know, there's a celebrity no. in town. You know, they, no. they, ha- they have Russell Wilson, I guess, but the, the biggest thing to be in Denver this weekend was Josh Peck, let's be honest. And this no. woman from the news, lovely. I don't know how it came up. Oh, we were talking about, how we, cause we did this fashion show with, with some of the kids who were there. So me and some other actors, we went and we did this like fun runway show. And I made a joke. I said, I'm just glad that I'm finally being accepted as the model that I've always known that I am. And she goes, well, you, we know you've been on a weight loss journey. I said, let me stop you right there, ma'am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: <laughs> again, again. I said, it's been 20 years. (laughs) I've been this weight for longer than I was ever fat. And she just, she's like, no, no, no." I didn't say it exactly like that. I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you know, you lost so much weight and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I know it's been 20 years almost. And she goes, right. But, you know, the people can't get enough. What are you nuts? It's enough already. I appreciate it. Thank you. Can I just be this? Can I, can this be me?
1: No, it can't it. No, no, no. No matter how skinny you get. And I think this is important. Being fat is a personality trait. You're never going to shake that. You may have shaken the physical, but they just remember and they associate fat and funny. It's the same thing with me. The day that I get ripped, believe me, people are going to tell me for years, I remember you when you were fat. And it's like, it is what it is. I think it just sticks with you.
0: I guess so. The reality is is most people can just set their yearbooks on fire and swear their families to secrecy when it comes to their awkward teenage years. Mine
1: are in reruns. Thank God. Residuals. I don't get them. <laughs> Thank God. No residuals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I God. forgot that you get no I forgot that you get no residuals. It's so fucked up. We should honestly storm the castle.
0: I know that, you know, I will say, and I'm down, you know, I'm down to clown with Nickelodeon. I'm on the reboot of iCarly now. So, you know, things have, have been okay. But it's one thing I'll never forgive them for. <laughs> I,
1: I think it's really fucked up. I think it's really fucked up. And if you ever need me, we'll go in there. We'll rally a group. We'll storm. It'll be amazing.
0: It'll be you, me, no. Ned from Ned's Declassified, Keenan, <laughs> Kel, maybe not Keenan, just Kel, and... <laughs> Amanda and and the younger
1: and the younger brother on Zoe 101 that's dying for TikTok fame. I never remember his name. Ah, oh, fuck, I don't remember his name. I know he'd come, though. I know he'd come. <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> He's ready. And that is our show, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Uh, you can like, subscribe, listen to us, Spotify, Apple, Panda Air. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back again next Monday. Shout out, God bless, rate, review. We love you. We love you.